Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. I have the privilege of going to a lot of churches and some, something that I experienced this morning I want to share with you. I don't get paid to say this. Your pastor doesn't ask me to share this. I don't share this in every church. But I want to say that you guys have something really special here. Pastor Ross and Maryland, you have something very, very special. And, and you need to fight to keep it. You need to fight to keep it because there is something freeing here. That, that transformation that you want to see in one of your ministries is evident across your whole church. And I pray for you as a church that it would be evident across this whole area that you guys have responsibly for. God has set you geographically here for a specific reason and a time such as past, present, and whatever the future holds. And he's put you here and he's given you boundaries. He's demarcated it and he's actually given you the land it's yours to take. Just keep walking in it. Just keep walking in it. I love Bible college. Obviously, I don't get paid by Alpha Crucis to say that, but I actually love Bible college. When I took on the church in Bowen, it was in some serious, serious trouble. They'd voted themselves out of the movement. They had financial issues. They had, had gone through a church split. They were very, an, very insular church. And when we got there, there was a handful of people, literally the worship team, and a handful of people that just said, hey, we want to keep worshiping God because we believe he wants to do something here. And the very first thing I did was set up a Bible college. And when I called the principal of, of influences, the Paradise Church, and said, hey, I want to set up a Bible college, he said to me, Dwayne, you're crazy. You've just taken on a church in, in serious trouble. Why would you even think of doing that? And I said, because I don't see another way. We're going to preach the word on Sundays. We're going to believe for the Holy Spirit to do amazing things. But I have a leadership vacuum. I have a vacuum of people that don't understand who God is and how to live a free life. And so we started a Bible college running Cert for in Christian ministry. Um, and, and we just saw people do amazing things. So I want to honor you once again as a couple. I want to honor you as a church that you have made this decision. I want to honor you, Pastor Doug, as well, like that, that, that um, Davey, Lydia Davey said, um, that, that, that the, 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 the sacrifice that you make as a church to run a Bible college, to run something to see people better positioned in their community is a sacrifice. And I want to honor you for it because when you make that sacrifice and you see people like this and you hear their stories, I just wanted to say stop. And I wanted to yell at Chris, can you just record that? Because I want to put all that on social media. Because that is the stories. Oh, that's your story. It might be their story, but it's your story as a church. And, and I want to encourage you to keep doing it. Not because they pay me. Seriously, I did this way before I worked for them. It's because as a senior pastor, I understood the value of what this brings to a church. So I seriously want to encourage you to do that. When you think about it, that, that, that when we started with Bible college, I, the, where are they now? I was thinking this this afternoon. Where are all these guys that we've done Bible college with? They're directors of child care centers. They're a, one of them is a national musician. Um, you know, one of them is him. Um, 
and, and, and doing some amazing things for God. One of them is a children's pastor. Um, a whole bunch of them are doing some pretty crazy things. Several of them are actually senior pastors or on pastoral teams around this nation. So we have literally from a small Bible college sowed into this nation through what God has incubated in the local church through a local Bible college. So I really want to honor you as a couple, honor you as the facilitator, and ask you as a church to get behind these guys, get behind Doug, and actually say, hey, here I am. I want to submit myself to this process, if not to get a qualification, at least to have God unravel me and repack me. It's kind of like you know, you're, when your bearings on your cargo, they take them out, they put you know, grease in it, and they repack them. Sometimes we need a little bit of repacking. And, and, and so Bible college, kind of can do that for you. I also want to add this, and I know you guys do the local certificate here, but I want to encourage you to think about studying a diploma, studying a bachelor, studying master's. Um, I know he's got master's. I've just enrolled in the master's, and, and so is Chris, um, amidst everything else. Crazy we are, but I want to encourage you to study more. You know, we look at our community and we, we, we hang our heads and, and, and we go, seriously, isn't there a better way to do this stuff? You, do you understand that it's the people that, are, that, that, are, that have the doctorates, the PhDs, that write the papers that inform the policymakers, and it's the policymakers that say how you and I ought live. If we really want to change our community, some of us have got to get to the top of the different, there's seven mountains of influence, the church is one of them, but we've got to put people, good Christians, in education, in business. The lady that's starting the business, um, the one that read from the piece of paper, what's your name? Davina, Davina, great on you. Please go out there and change people's lives, change their, their perception of God from being this cookie weird thing in the sky who's going to strike them dead with lightning to someone that is actually relatable, cares about them and loves them and is interested in their future. You see, when we start to get people who can inform policymakers, then we can start to change our community as well. We do it from this end, we've got to do it from the other end as well. So I want to encourage you, if you want to know more about studying, then come and see Chris. He'll be at the back with myself, and we're more than happy to talk to you. Talk to Doug. He knows how to get a hold of me or, or, or talk a bit about what we can do to take you on that journey. And please, don't be scared about learning. I've just done, I started my master's. I'm terrified, but I'm not scared. <laughs> so I'm terrified about the assignments. Can I just sit in class and pass? Um, <laughs> but the, rea the reality is, we need to get people up into those positions that can actually inform um, our communities. One of the songs we sang, we sang, we sing hallelujah. We sing the lamb is overcome. And, and, and as we sang that, I felt that there was someone over here tonight that needed to be reminded that it is not you that needs to do anything. The lamb has overcome. Jesus has done it for you. All you've got to do is rest in that. All you've got to do is walk in that. And if that's you, right at the end when it's all done and wrapped up, I'll just wait out the, the front over you. If you say, hey, Dwayne, that's me. Will you pray with me? Right after Pastor Ross has wrapped the service, I'm more than happy to pray with you. I need you to be aware that God has done it for you. The lamb has overcome. Awesome. So I feel a bit like a friend, so um, Pastor Doug, thank you for allowing me to just do that and take the mic off you. But you can't hand yourself a certificate that's not on. 
I thought, well, any moment now, he's going to grab him the broom and the vacuum cleaner. And he's gonna <laughs> if you have your Bibles, I'm actually going to take tonight's passage out of Samuel chapter 14. And I, I want to read a piece, and then I'm going to unpack it. So you're going to kind of get the picture of the story. I'm going to jump over some, some of the verses. But if you are taking notes and you want to know, hey, Dwayne, what's the title of the message? I told the 8.30, I didn't tell the 10.30 because they needed to come back to hear it. I knew the 8.30 would come back. And so the message is, let's pick a fight. And, and if you are one of the graduates, this message is for you too. It's about picking a fight. It's about knowing what fight to pick. And, and, and please, this doesn't mean you can go home and fight with your husband and then blame the baby, baby brain. Um, it, it's, um, <laughs> sorry. How to win and influence friends. Um, it's not about picking the fights that you think. So just bear with me and, and bear with me till the end and you'll see what's going to happen. One day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan didn't, did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gibeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, he carries on. Perhaps, then he says to them, let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely. Whatever you decide. All right then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are, or we'll kill you, then we will stop, not go up. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we'll go up. That'll be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here, we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, Climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both their hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all, but, and their bodies were scattered about half an acre. Suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and the field, including even the outposts and the raiding parties. And just then an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. So the Lord saved Israel that day and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth-Avon. Two guys woke up one morning, two guys, and said, let's pick a fight. I need to come down so I can see your eyes. Let's pick a fight. God wins anyway. It was a day no different to any other day. It was just another day. It wasn't a feast. It wasn't a famine. It wasn't that God said on the third day when the sun reaches the, this part and you can see the shadow between the tree. It wasn't anything fruit loopy, cookie or weird like that. It's just they woke up and Jonathan said, today's the day. Let's pick a fight. God wins anyway. I'd like you to say with me, today's the day. A little bit louder. Come on, this is a bit of a fighting message. And one more. Let's see if we can rip this paint off the ceiling. Excellent. Today is the day. I agree with you. You see, when you have a look, there's a couple of things that we need to understand. And if I just run through them, and then I'm going to come back and touch on each one. The master plan that Jonathan had 
on that very ordinary day was he just picked a day. He believed that with God all things are possible. He said, um, whether they come to us or we go to them, we're, we're going to just do this thing anyway, aren't we? He said, let's do it together. And then they just got in and did it. Really not that spectacular. If you were looking, remember, I, I was in the police in South Africa in counter, uh, counterinsurgency. So that's guerrilla warfare. I was in one of a, an elite group of people that trained people in guerrilla warfare, explosives, guns, all that sort of stuff. I still enjoy shooting. The smell of explosives and um, gunpowder still excites me. I haven't been set free yet, Pastor Ross. I'm sorry. <laughs> it still makes me dribble and drool. <laughs> I, sh I shot half the coat of arms last week, or two weeks ago. Anyway, I for forgive me, God. Um, but as a strategist, I understand the value of a strategy. I understand the value of a plan. And when you look at this, it's like, seriously? Pick a day, believe with God all things are possible. Whether they come to us, will we go to them? We're going to do it anyway. Let's do it together and let's just do it. It's not rocket science. But these two guys just picked a day. And I want to pause there for most of what I want to share. If you read the scripture and it says on, that they were sitting 600 able-bodied men. So six strong guys ready for battle. Hardened warriors to take on the Philistines. 600 in other words, an army of able-bodied people sitting underneath a pomegranate tree. And as I started to look at this and try and understand what was going on, what, what was the writer trying to get my attention? What was he trying to do in getting my attention? What was the significance of a pomegranate tree? Well, if you've ever held a pomegranate in your hand and you've looked at it, it is quite significant. If you look at the top, it goes open like a crown. It is said that uh, King Solomon's crown was fashioned after the top of a pomegranate. If you, if you read further, you'll also see that Solomon's two columns had pomegranates on them. If you, if you, if you read further or, or read earlier, the priests had palmer, golden pomegranates under, at the bottom of the hem of their garments. You see, pomegranates were really significant to the Israelites. The pomegranate literally means fruitfulness, knowledge, and wisdom. So when the writer says, hey, there were 600 able-bodied men sitting under a pomegranate tree, what he's telling you and I is that there were 600 people able to take the enemy out sitting underneath fruitfulness, knowledge, and wisdom, and they did nothing. They were in defeat because of fear. Fear held them captive under the symbol of fruitfulness, knowledge, and wisdom. Who of us? Remember, it's really easy to read the story now and go, you fools. It's easy to read it now, criticize and judge. 
But how many of us face situations, face an enemy? How many of us face broken relationships, kids not worshiping with God, financial issues, stuff, addictions, stuff. And we're literally, come on, we did this a little bit a little earlier. Pastor called us to it. He said, God wants to do something. 150, 200 able-bodied people sitting under a pomegranate tree. I'm not saying that's you. I'm just asking the question. Where we're sitting under wisdom, fruitfulness, and knowledge. And, and we're sitting. Because something has caused us to sit someone something has taken my breath hey can I be honest with you pastoring a church is really hard being in ministry is really hard being a dad is really hard having your kids get married <laughs> so I tell you what if you've got little kids try and keep them there as long as possible I remember a night in July 2009, 2010, as pastor of the church that we took over. It was tough. And there was a night that I laid in the fetal position on the couch, sobbing. Because I was just, it had taken everything out of me. And my wife was on the other couch, doing the same. Normally, one of us is up and one of us is down. And I went to sit. Is it okay to be this real? I went to sit at my laptop and say, you can shove your church uh, um, on the top shelf. Or <laughs> I was that hurt and that defeated. And as I sat there, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I haven't called you to be like them. I've called you to lead them. And just then I kind of slid off the chair and kind of knelt by the chair and said, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I allowed defeat to make me sit under knowledge, wisdom, and fruitfulness. Able-bodied, I sat down and did nothing. And that night, I could have been taken out of ministry forever. But I thank God that he loves me. I thank God that he loves his local church. I thank God that he loves you too. Because in that moment, the Holy Spirit reminded me that I was able-bodied, sitting under the absolute blessing and favor of God. And what the heck was I doing there licking my wounds? But I should get up and take authority in the name of Jesus and fight. Just pick a day, Dwayne. Just pick a day. So I did. I picked that night. And so much changed after that night. 
I'm here to tell you today, whatever your situation, whatever it is you're facing that's got you sitting, you're sitting under a pomegranate tree. You have the knowledge of God, you have the wisdom of God, and you have His fruitfulness as a promise over your life. Oh, come on, just pick a day. Pick a day. Pick a day. Let's just pick today, hey? Let's just pick today, right now. You see, Jonathan and his armor bearer said, let's just, let's just pick a day. So they picked a day. They saw that, this, this, that God was all over these people, but they just sat there and they went, we're not going to do that. We're getting up. We're going to do something about this. Uh, similar to the story this morning, David said, I'm not going to let Goliath talk about my God that way. Jonathan just said, I'm not going to let my dad and his able-bodied men sit there under the tree of fruitfulness and blessing and wisdom and knowledge and do nothing. I'm just going to pick a day. I am tired of hiding out in the cisterns and the rocks and the holes and the, with the dead bodies and the stinking. I'm tired of it. I'm picking a day and I'm doing something and then he believed because he says it over here he says he believed that with God all things are possible he said God is for us what have we got to lose so often we think God's against us so often we think that there's some force again the church is against me my pastor's against me God's against me the devil's none of it it's just you oh sorry I should have filtered that one I should have filtered that. Wow. Just believe with God all things are possible. It says so in Matthew 19, 26. It says in Philippians 4, 13 that he, he will help us. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do it. It doesn't say, like when you read the scripture, I think we auto-change. Uh, when we mark assignments, we've got some international students. This is being recorded, but they probably won't hear this. Um, and so what they do is to avoid plagiarism is where you copy somebody else's work and make it your own, which is immediately they fail. They just use right-click and they go synonym. And, and so um, Bloom's taxonomy becomes Sprout's taxonomy. And they, they just keep changing the... <laughs> <laughs> the words. I think we do that sometimes too with the scripture. I can do all things through Christ to give me strength. Not I can do all things because he's going to take it all away. Because he's going to make it easy. But because he's going to give me the strength to go through it. Because with him, all things are possible. All things are possible possible we can get through it you can you absolutely can with God all things are possible they believed it Jonathan says hey go I love what the armor bearer says cool if you say so <laughs> he understood Jonathan's relationship with God he understood Jonathan's God to the point that he said well if you say so let's go for it and he says, well, if they're going to come to us or if they're going to, if we've got to go to them, well, I don't care. Let's just do this thing. Sometimes we kind of sit back here going, well, I'll sit under the pomegranate tree and if they kind of look like they want to come here, well, then I might stand up. 
Well, guess what? These guys just said, we don't care whether they're coming to us or whether we're going to them, but we're going to do this thing. We're picking today. So sometimes you've got to get up and get up the nose of your issue. You've got to get into the face of your problem. And I'm not saying that might be in person you're going to go and stand and eyeball a person and try and get in their face, that they get your body odor, your sweat, and your spit. No, what I'm saying is that you're actually going to get in the face of God. You're going to get in the face of the circumstance and start to take authority and say, I don't care whether that issue's coming to me. I'm going to the issue. I'm going to the issue and I'm going to deal with this. It is enough. I am tired of our children being stolen. I am tired of people sitting down to feed. I'm tired of businesses, Christian businesses having to shut. I'm tired of, 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 of people being hurt. I'm tired of marriages breaking down. I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. And we can sit back. Now this seems like a church that's pretty on fire. So I know that you don't really sit back here. Because that's what I've seen this morning on this evening. But I want to encourage you for your situation. Get in the face of it. I don't care issue whether you're coming at me, I'm coming to you. And because my God is with me and I can get in your face and I can take authority because I believe with my God all things that you're getting really nervous because I'm walking around the back here. <laughs> I don't care whether they come to me or whether I go to my issue. I'm going to do something. And Jonathan's armor bearer says, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. I seriously want to encourage us. Really want to encourage us. You don't need to do it alone. Do you know how many Christians behave like silos? Here's me in my little silo my little issue, and no one's going to help me. Nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm going to eat some worms. And, 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 and I want to fight this by myself. If you look around, God has put you in a faith community for a reason. There was 600, able, Jonathan didn't even have the lack of capacity or thinking to go, I'm going to do this alone. He said to his armor bearer, let's go. He understood, even him, and bearing in mind, if you understand the full story, Jonathan had a sword. The armor bearer probably had a, a shield or a, or a twig or a, or a branch or something because only Saul and Jonathan had swords because the Philistines had confiscated all their weapons. He said, you know what, Jonathan said, you know what, I'm not going to let you go through this alone. The armor bearer said to Jonathan, I'm coming with you. I'll just give you an example. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Now, I think she lied, but anyway. <laughs> so often we say to people, how you doing? All right, and either they lie, but you know why we lie? Because so what if I told you I'm falling to pieces on the inside and I don't know what to do? What would you do? Yeah, that's great. I'm fine too, thanks. And poor old Matt goes, he asked, but he doesn't care. That's our language. How are you doing? But if I really had to tell you, would you actually care? Would you actually stop? Would you actually go there with me? Would you? Jonathan's armor bearer said, hey, I'm with you. All of me. 
is with all of me. No, no. <laughs> Jonathan's armor bearer said, hey, I'm with you. You can't do this alone. If you're going to deal with an issue and you're going to pick a day and you believe that with God all things are possible and you're going to get up into its face and deal with it, could you please take somebody with you? I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a warfare man. It is stupid to go into battle alone. I, I was in a situation where there were three of us and we were in a situation where we had to uh, fight... Uh, be careful how I say this. Um, in, a, in, in, in a situation. And there were three of us, and we were literally standing back to back as, as much as you can because we were actually trapped. And we were trying to retreat and move back. And one of the guys flipped out and ran. And he left one whole side of us exposed. Now, this is pre-Jesus days. For those who were here this morning, you'd understand. When I got back to the van and we finally were safe, all the energy that had stored up in me found its way through my fists because he had left us exposed. He had actually not just endangered him, he had endangered us because he was leaving us out there alone. May it not be said of us as believers, as part of a faith community, as part of Bayside Christian Church, that we leave people to do it alone. There are some things that are private, but you don't have to do it alone. Even Jonathan understood that. His armor bearer got it. If I could have the keyboard player, please. And the last point was just do it. It actually says that Jonathan went killing and striking down and his armor bearer finishes, finishes them off, literally. I, I have this picture because I think in warfare pictures of Jonathan running with a sword and doing something and the armor bearer coming along with a shield and banging them on the head until they didn't move anymore. It looks quite funny. There's kids here, so be careful. They do damage it actually says they killed 20 people that's it just 20 but what they start God finishes they killed 20 but it says God causes mayhem panic comes through the camp God goes well let's just throw an earthquake in for fun throws an earthquake in, they start killing each other, running onto each other's swords. And it doesn't just stop there. It actually starts to fan out across to the next town where there's fighting and the next town. And it just gets bigger and bigger like a, a stone thrown in a pond. The ripple effect of two people who said, let's pick a fight. Let's take a day. Let's believe with God everything is possible. Let's go to them if they're not going to come to us. Let's Let's do this together and let's just do it. It's like this ripple effect and a whole army are sent packing and Israelite, the Israelites are free and have victory. See, the two of them only took 20. Everything else God did. All you and I have got to do is just start. We've just got to start 
And then God comes into the party, well, comes into the fight. He weighs in and he starts to do his piece. And it doesn't just have an effect for you or for you. It starts to have an effect for those around you and those connected to you because God just doesn't sort out one person's marriage. He starts to heal marriages. And then suddenly the church is out there bringing healing to marriages in the community. And people hear about it and people want to come here because they want to believe that here there's a bunch of people who will stand with them and believe with them and fight with them because there are people here who just one day said, that's it, I'm going to pick a day and I'm going to stand up against this issue and we're going to do it together. So I've got four questions for you. Are you under the pomegranate tree or in the thick of it? Are you sitting devastated and held back by fear, crippled by fear? Or are you in it? And if you don't have a battle to fight for you, Harvey Bay's got some issues. I was just talking today at lunchtime. Unemployment. Do you know that you are here as the light of God? You are salt of the earth. You, you are Him here. It, it says when it goes well in the church, it goes well in the town. I, I, I don't like that Bible verse. <laughs> you sometimes want to throw it out as a pastor when the town's doing through. But when the church does well, as in when it starts to do the things that it's meant to do, then you see the effect in the town. So if you don't have a fight to engage in, I promise you, talk to your pastor. Talk to uh, Pastor Marilyn, Mary Lynn, sorry. They'll tell you. They'll tell you what the fights are. They'll tell you the front, the front they are engaging in as your senior pastors. And God has mandated this church to address. Second question is, what do you believe about God? Do you believe with God all things are possible? Do you? Do, that night in July, I think it was the 9th of July, my actions said I did not believe with God all things were possible. And I had to change my actions. With God, all things are possible. Third question. Who's doing it with me if I had to ask your pastor he does not want you to go through stuff alone and, and, and he can't go through everything with you because there's one of him and 200 of you but there is a faith community and will you just do it will you just do it so, I have two minutes. This is how I'm going to finish. And I'm going to hand back to your pastor. Who's with me? I want to pick a fight. And if that's you, I want you to, I'm not going to bring anyone out the front. I just want you where you are to stand in your chair. And now I'm going to really freak pastor out. If you think you need to stand on your chair, as long as you're doing it safely, stand on your chair. 
Just make sure someone's holding you. Because I believe that God wants us to pick a fight. And God's saying, hey, stop saying one day I'm going to sort this thing out. One day I'm going to deal with this. One day, one day, one day. Today is the day. Today we're going to believe together. Today we're going to believe with God. Everything is possible. And we're going to take authority in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's start to just declare it. Just start to take authority. Just start to pray. Just start to name whatever it is and say, I take authority in the name of Jesus and I say to my issue if you don't come to me I'm coming to you and if you come to me or I go to you I believe with my God all things are possible just start to speak to your issue and just start to say to your issue my God is bigger than you my God is greater than you my God can has Jesus has already won it all I've got to do is believe it and walk in it come on come on we need to fight a little we need to fight a little we need to fight a little. Come on. How serious are we? How serious are we? Hallelujah. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.